Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barney, Smivy here with a dispatch from The Rock. I'm joined by one of the heroes from one of the greatest surfing events in history, the Pipe Masters that concluded just yesterday. Conor O'Leary. Conor, how are you, mate? And uh, how does it feel to have played a part in something like that? Yeah, it's um, Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It was, you know, from... It's pretty rare to, to have, you know, the most perfect pipeline you've ever seen from day one. Um, yeah, it was good to, to, to have a heat out there and experience, you know, what, why you qualify and why you qualify, why your motivation um, to qualify is, you know, to, to surf perfect lines like that. And, um, yeah, it was a bummer that I didn't make it any further, but um, it was all good. It was, it was a great, uh, great viewing, and it was great to, to also, you know, stay sat and watch and watch, uh, watch the goat take out the title. It was sick. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, let's uh, let's pick the event up apart because it was just wall-to-wall action from the get-go, and it just kept climaxing. Um, but let's start with day one. You wake up, and what do you see? Like, uh, kind of, was, I think everyone was expecting it to be waves, but I don't think anyone was expecting it to be as good as what it was. Um, you know, I was expected to be, you know, six foot, and apparently the winds for what forecasted to be a bit funky, and um, pretty much as soon as I rocked up, I rocked up at dark, and for pretty sick waves, I was like, this instant excitement of it, yes. I'm gonna at least have a chance to get started today and go less, you know, because it's been for so many years. It's been, you know, just backdoor, small backdoor, and whatever. So to have, you know, as pure a pipeline as you can get, um, I was just so frothing from the get go. Um, yeah, it was sick. Yeah, okay. And um, your opening heat, yeah, fucking just cooking, like proper. 10 to 12 foot, uh, and you got the better of Morgs and Kaiwa Belly. Uh, Kaiwa would go on to make it all the way to the semis. Um, talk us through the heat itself. Uh, you know, how are you feeling in the lead up to the heat too? Um, you know, what was going through your mind when, you, when you're when you sitting on the beach? Uh, yeah, put us in your shoes. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, it, it was pretty big, but, man, it was just so perfect. And I think for me, like, there was not really any like nervy sense of like oh no there's you know I'm I'm gonna be out there and there's gonna be a bomb and if I'm sorry I'm gonna have to go kind of thing I was just I was so excited from you know as soon as I saw the first wave I saw in the morning um just get out there and just get amongst it and just get involved and I just wanted to you know take that opportunity of a lifetime that we get the perfect part with three people out and just go as hard as I possibly could and just deal with the consequences later. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much just what my game plan was, is just to just try and entertain as much as I can and also take the opportunity to just really embrace that 30 minutes with only three people out and, you know, 10 foot as perfect as you can get part, really. Um, you know, the, the trip, I feel like I was at a perfect time where, like, the sun was coming over the mountain, so the trade wind started to kick in, it got really clean, and, um, yeah, managed to 
for just trying to put my head down and, and get a couple of sick ones. Yeah, you did, man. You got a couple of fucking belters. Um, I mean, I guess that was that was worth the wait. That was worth all the the hardship on the the Challenger Series. Uh, you know, the, the the up and down off the Elite Tour, back onto the QS. It must have all just felt so worth it as you were, you know, coming screaming out of one of those fucking mondo cones that you packed. There was two sick ones in that heat that you got. Yeah, it was just, and like I said before, it's the reason why you want to qualify for the World Tour is, you know, because they have the world's best laid on their schedule and you get to be a part of it with only a handful of people. And um, I definitely, definitely think that since I've qualified, I haven't had that, you know, perfect heat. You know, well, I haven't really had perfect fight or, you know, even really any decent fight, you know. The first round, usually they just kind of throw them out there and just as soon as there's little waves and usually it's little back door and um, I haven't really done too well in the event. So, you know, I feel like the fight days are usually at the back end where they can kind of fix their eyes in the forecast. So just to, to be able to, you know, just wake up on day one on the weekend, um, you know, perfect ways to be able to just really embrace, you know, heat that I'll never forget. And, you know, there's, there's shots there, but I guess I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. And, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a memorable heat one for the books. And it was fucking sick to get a few cones. And, yeah, the first time was classic. I was fun to sit down underneath Kyle and, um, in between Kyle and Morgs and kind of like filled in a bit underneath Kyle because he was sitting a little bit further out and I was just like, oh, I'm a bit deep and hard. Oh, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to give it a go. And uh, just on like the perfect little wedgie part where it kind of screenshotted me out and as soon as I took off, I was like, did one part, I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking into a psycho on here. And then just kind of like, as soon as I had my line and yeah, deep eyes and just kind of stood there and sucked that out and that was kind of the beginning of what was to be a Crazy, hey. <laughs> I love it. I love that description, man. That just gives me the tingles, eh? That's such a wild scene. And yeah, you're right. You have been gypped yeah. um, for, for good quality hollow lefts. And that's your specialty, being from Cronulla with the waves you've grown up with down there. It's been a bit of a shame to see you not really get the opportunity at, at Chopes and Pipe. And like you said, you know, when they run those early round heats in the Pipe Masters, especially in December, which is just a total. Um, totally different game to running Pipe Masters in January, as we've just learned. Um, you know, yeah, it's true. Those early heats, they kind of fucking suck, don't they? It's like squeaky, kind of four to six foot backdoor and pipe where it becomes a wave catching competition. You don't really get the equal, the uh, you know equality of opportunity that you get in conditions like that. And when you get the uh, equality of opportunity, you're fucking dominated. Like, uh, you know, you end up losing to Miguel, obviously, but again, it was one of those small heats uh, on that, what became a fucking big day. But talk us through that loss because it must have been frustrating. You're so close to getting to the pointy end of the event where, you know, those kinds of conditions would have really favoured you if you could have just squeaked through that heat. Yeah, it fucking sucked. I was, yeah, I was so bummed at myself and frustrated. And it was just one of them, like, you know, I feel like they, they could have held off a couple of hours and just waited that little bit longer because everyone knew that the swell was coming that day and it was just a matter of when and it was new, it was kind of forecasted to be like middle of the day onwards, but late morning and they kind of just 
as W. So I guess I just saw a few eyes and went, yeah, get on the hunt. Um, which was a problem because I had, had a pretty slow head with Miguel, you know, made one mistake with priority on a wave which, you know, had that size, but there's a lot of good waves that come through that you think are going to be good and then they kind of they go a bit, you know, they're, they're unpredictable. You know, some will be perfect, some will be a bit funky, and so they all kind of come in at that same look. Um, and, you know, I've, I've built up with dogs this year, and um, even Fred, Fred was in the, the that, like, overlapping heat. He was in the back end of when I had priority, and he, was, he had second priority, and he was even saying after it that, you know, the way that I went, which ended up being a bit late and just couldn't sneak under it, um, was, he was like, it's like, it looked like a good way, but if you had priority, you were 100% going that way. And it was a bummer because that way kind of cost me the heat because, you know, I fell and then Miguel's on the one behind and he got his seven. So it was just a bummer because it, for the first time in my life, my career, I felt so confident and so comfortable out there. And, you know, I've always had that little bit of comfortability out there going left, just going up in Canelo and certain slabs and going up certain slabs makes like one, you know, it's a scary ways. I definitely don't have that, you know, as much of that fearful part purely because I've grown up in slabs that are way scarier, you know, with the takeoffs and all those slabs around home. Um, so this year I just felt so comfortable going and just you know, committing and knowing that, you know, there wasn't going to be that one inch of doubt. Um, yeah, it was just a bummer that I just couldn't, it, made, it was just a slow heat and I just couldn't, you know, make one mistake and it kind of cost me the heat, which was super frustrating and all that. But uh, it's just, that's just therapy for you, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting what you say. I just wanted to touch on that. Um, you know, the slabs that you grew up surfing, uh, yeah, they don't really hold the size necessarily of pipe on those big days, but they're probably more technical, if anything, uh, you know, more compact. Uh, how do you compare pipeline to, to some of those waves you grew up on? Like, I guess there's just the magnitude is scaled up, like, in such a significant way, but there's also a lot more time, space. Um, it's quite a, an obvious kind of let in or, or take off spot uh, when it's big and perfect. Yeah, yeah. Pipe's one of the ways where you know if you, if you put yourself in the right spot, it's the easiest way ever. You know, it's just a pretty much a rolling into a pit and, and just you just come out the other end. Um, and I think that's why I felt so comfortable out there in the seat. Because when you're in a heat and you've got priority, you're able to put yourself in the right spot compared to the free surf. Free surf is like an open flow and where you just have to try to get whatever you can and therefore people are putting themselves in these sticky situations with like getting late, you know, late takeoffs and cut on falls and all that. So to be able to have priority and go, yep, this is where I'm sitting, this is my spot, I know my lineup, and then put yourself in that position. It's, it's pretty much, it's not a piece of cake, but it's, it's pretty easy. Um, comparing to the slabs at home, where it's like, you know, the, you know, coming into the takeoff with steps and foils and like crazy ledges ledging down underneath you and, you know, those intense, I think, slabs and growing up there. Um, it's more of an entry than it is anything. Um, 
has definitely made me come here and first fight and have a lot of that confidence and that comfortability just because I'm so used to surfing those clubs and having the like knife under like eight foot lips and and all that to kind of because that's just what the waves were at home and growing up there. So um, to be able to have that easy goal in and into the into the pit that fight does, uh, yeah, it just made it made me feel super comfortable and super confident um, to be able to kind of push myself a little bit more and kind of challenge myself with you know getting that little bit later and, and all that. Yeah, and and you touched on. Uh you know, just how unfortunate you can be in those free surfs, going waves that you don't necessarily want to go, but it's the only wave you get and so you go and you're out of position and, you know, injuries happen and a really significant injury happened to Liam O'Brien. Um, you know, how has that felt by the rest of the Australians on tour? Because the circumstances of it were just rattling beyond belief, like kind of surreal to to work that hard and literally get minutes away from making your world tour debut in some of the best waves ever seen for a surfing contest and then to break your leg uh, is, is fucking unbelievable. How has that felt by the by the kind of Aussie crew on tour? Yeah, it was a huge shock. I mean, Robbie's like the nicest guy and, you know, the last person you'd ever want for that to happen. I mean, you wouldn't want anyone for that to happen, but especially Rob, you know, he, he came here early to practice, you know, he's been putting in the time out there and he's, he's we've done so unbelievable out there and um, to, to see that happen to him, it was, it was huge, I mean, you know, to, to all of us. Um, yeah, it kind of hit, hit us all pretty hard, you know, I came, I actually saw him on that way because I was paddling out for the free surf and I saw him take off and just didn't really think anything of it because, you know, I looked in to see he made it and he, he came up and I was like, I didn't make it and then he came in and um, I didn't see him get chaired up the beach or anything and I came in and Al Robson's um, coach, Pete, he was like, fuck, what was that? And I was just instantly like, my heart just dropped. I was like, fuck. You know, the hardest working kid, you know, the morning of the event and I was freaking pumping, like, you know, we've been, we've been keeping in close contact with him um, while he you know, Cal and I were staying together. Um, yeah, we've been kind of checking in with him. He's been coming over the hours and hanging out. And he's in such good spirits. And um, I guess for him, it's just, he's just got to accept it. And, um, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to be there. He's going to be back there anyway. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully he can get you know, another shot to surf. Oh, no, he definitely will get another shot to surf pumping. But now that the pipe's scheduled in January, um, yeah, he, he's definitely young enough and he'll bounce back just as, uh, as good as ever. And, um, yeah, it's a bummer, but, um, yeah, he'll be back. And he'll be back strong. So watch out. Yeah, fucking earth. Then, uh, you know, what was the chat between the Australians? We know how, how uh, you know, in each other's corners the Brazilians are. Um, what was the dynamic between the Australians throughout the event? Must have been really satisfying to see uh, Callum go as far as he did on debut at Pipe. But, uh, yeah, what was the dynamic between you guys? Yeah, it's been good, you know. Um, I guess I feel like the CT is, is definitely different. Um, you know, everyone's just got their, their own little... Um, corner, you know, the Jacko and Owen and Morgs and that have they've got their little group called crew and um I'm me and Morgs I mean me and sorry, Carla um been cruising together. 
I'm actually doing some stuff with dog this year, so I've been kind of doing a bunch of stuff with dog. And, um, but, you know, Carl and I, you know, we're staying together and we're always, you know, have a few surfs in the day and then come back and kind of just hang out and debrief and, and all that. Um, definitely different dynamics from the CT. I mean, the, the challenges because everyone just seems to be on their own program a little bit more um, due to, you know, People who, the people who are staying at the houses and, and all that. But, um, yeah, I think that, that dynamic is definitely still there. Um, none of us did very well. Well, you know, Cal did really good making seven ninth and, and all that. I think that if we, you know, one of us, um, you know, made it further, I think that's when um, we would have all gone together and, and sit down there and cheer each other on and, and all that. So yeah, it's, um, it's definitely still there. Not as much as what it was last year, but um, we're all kind of going to start staying together and stuff in Portugal and, and all that. So yeah, we are we'll, um, sure to bounce back. Yep, yep, no doubt. And uh, and the goat, I mean, what did you make of it all? Fuck, it was wild, wasn't it? It's fucking crazy, man. 50 years old, just doing what he does. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's fucking undescribable. I hope I'm freaking just surfing by the time I'm 50 years. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best, he's, you know, the best person of all time, hands down. Um, and to do what he did on, you know, such a iconic way. Um, was, yeah, super inspiring and fucking. Yeah, and uh, talk us through, like, I'd love to just get your take on it. I know, uh, you know, the things you see in the ocean are so much different and superior to what I can see, but what did you make of something like, uh, you know, his buzzer beater against Baron Mamiya? Yeah, it's not luck at this point, is it? It's something else. Like, I mean, as... uh, Yeah, like the ocean, uh, you know, it can seem random. Um, It can seem like it's outside of your control. But I think Kelly Slater's command over it or his understanding of the conditions uh, and the lineups just suggests that it's a whole lot random than, uh, you know, your average surfer or even your average CT surfer might have you believe. 100%. Like, I... I feel like shit like that happens so much to Kelly compared to everyone else. Um, yeah, there's something there's something he's doing that's, that's right, and I don't think anyone knows. I don't think anyone will know. So, 
Talk us through the final day because, um, you know, on the broadcast, it was hard to really get a gauge on just how sketchy and angry and windy it was, but it didn't look fun out there. Fucking hell. It was fucking gnarly. Like, I feel like no one really understands when it's like that how hard it is to ride the barrel. You know, when it's got that weird trade wind, but it's like real strong up the face and the left. It's like you're hitting like three foot shots as you're going down, you know, an eight foot slab trying to get pitted. Um, it's so hard to navigate and so hard to read because it makes it so much more unpredictable and you kind of got more things to worry about apart from, you know, just the drop and then pulling in and then trying to come out. You kind of got to weave around the, the drops and that. So, yeah, how they navigated it was it's inspiring, you know. There's one thing that those, you know, the world's best are navigating when it's perfect, but it's another thing when they're navigating and trying to get, you know, the best tunes when it's as hard as what those conditions were. And, um, yeah, they made it look really easy. And there was definitely a few crazy wipeouts, especially from Steph and, and that estimate in the final. But, um, yeah, they, they made it look easy for for what was really, really tough conditions. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. I had the thought when I was watching it that, if anything, those conditions really played into Slater's, uh, you know, in, into his game because he has the, the intelligence, the experience. You know, he, he surfed pipe like that hundreds, if not thousands of times. Um, he talks about even... On days like that, he'll often just sit out there and watch it just for shits and giggles, just to, to get a read on the lineup. As soon as it turned into those kinds of conditions, I felt like experience really played into it and helped him. Yeah, well, I think those those winds definitely made it a little bit more favourable to backside just because it was a bit cleaner and, you know, the wind was going with, with the right. Um, so, yeah, I guess he, he had a bit more of a look at those backside ones and same with Seth. Um, I feel like a dirty foot I definitely would have struggled a bit more just because it's it such a hard read backside. So, um, yeah, you totally love going, going right out there and gets the crazy times out right there. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely taking the eyes out of it. And, um, yeah, so he's there you know. Sick, man. And finally, just, you know, we're going straight to sunset after this. Uh, talk a bit about that wave and how you're feeling heading into the event. Yeah, sunset's a weird one. It's kind of... Um, different dynamics of life. It's it's kind of big open water, fucking right points, bumps, wobbles, and unpredictability. And you know, it's, it's, it'll be pretty exciting to watch. You know, the world best try and tackle that wave because it's such a challenging wave. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's a hard wave to lead. It's a hard wave to ride and. Um, whoever wins that event definitely deserves it because it's so challenging. Uh, but that's why I guess they put it on the roster because they wanted to see how the world's best tackle one of the most challenging ways in the world, I think. Um, yeah, just purely the fact that it's such a huge lineup and um, surfing eight foot waves and trying to do turns on them, especially at sunset, is uh, 
an art in itself. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, crazy to watch and also going to be a bit crazy to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like you're at a disadvantage backside or not really? I haven't looked at the past winners, but I remember Medina uh, either finaling or winning an event there with that fucking crazy backside float a few years know. ago. Definitely pretty tricky backside. It's definitely an advantage being a natural sort of just because backside cars are so shit compared to frontside cars and it's so hard to, as a backside, you know, you're only going to get scores if you can square up a bit more. Unlike the natural footers where they can kind of carve their way through a score. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a little bit more challenging as a busy footer, but. Then, then again, there's a lot of opportunity as well uh, to be able to, you know, you get a lot, a lot of major scores if you square up and that will reward you pretty well, I think, for commitment. So, yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a disadvantage sport. But then again, it's just like, fuck, it's in it's a way catching comp sunset. It's just like, whoever's on the best cleanest waves will get through the heat. And whoever's and make opportunities and create opportunities out there. We make teams and, um, yeah, it's going to be a one, but um, it's exciting and I've surfed sunset so much in my life, so it's somewhere that definitely isn't uh, unknown due to, you know, having events there so much and every year having a big triple crown there. So, yeah, something that some places that I'm not unfamiliar of, but, yeah, still trying to learn uh learn and get better at surfing it because uh, definitely had my uh, shit moments out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, unreal. Best of luck in the event and, uh, you know, congratulations on an incredible performance at Pipe. Uh, not the result you would have wanted, but fuck, it had me screaming at the TV and, uh, yeah, I was just so impressed <laughs> by the Aussies sacking up and, and packing right. it in con- the kinds of waves that we just don't really fucking get here very often. It was huge. Yeah, no, it was good to... It was- at the end of the day, it was a fucking bummer that I really wanted to and really felt like I could have, uh, you know, gone further in the event and felt so good out there. But uh, that first heat, definitely a, a one that I'll never forget and was definitely one of the highlights of my career. So um, to be able to experience that and, and also give it a good crack and show everyone that I can kind of, you know, to Parko, welcome back, mate. And uh, firstly, I've got to say, uh, you call about Slater just filling up spaces in the Pipe Masters turned out to be a little bit premature. Oh, I just didn't know. I didn't know he'd be that hungry. <laughs> I did not. I out. I, that blew my mind. Um, I don't know. That was crazy. That was that was unbelievable. It was like he wanted to. Like he was Paddling, interfering people, paddling around them like he was—he was possessed again. 
it was sensational, wasn't it? I, I couldn't, I mean, you know, you, you did say, though, in fairness to you, you did say, like, he could win it. And um, I think we all knew that because when it's big and heavy and it's, um, <clears throat> you know, like, especially when it's on those huge backdoor days, he's always a threat. But what he did was on another level. Amazing, yeah. I just think, you know, uh, his positioning too, like he was always seemed to be there and be right. Like when you watch him paddling away, he's, it seems powerful, even though the last wave was an early drop and all, but he was – positioning was so perfect. Like crazy, I was tripping. Like he made it the waves he was paddling into. He just made them like they were just like he was in the perfect spot every time. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. Like you look at John John and you look at Jack Robbo, a guy you mentioned last week, is like having just insane ocean intelligence, especially when it's huge. But I mean, you've surfed against Kelly. You've been in those heats where he gets those clutch buzzer beaters all the time and sort of summons waves. Is it? It it doesn't seem like coincidence after a while. You know what I mean? No. You know, fucking, mate, it's been like 30 years. It can't be coincidence. <laughs> it can't be, your street can't be that hot for that long. <laughs> you just, you know, it, it has to be, yeah, like you said, it's like he's this intelligent surf. Uh, his ocean awareness of where swells are coming. And, you know, that's 30 years of, or 40 years he's been surfing pipe for just knowing, you know, each swing of each wave, direction, movement water movement, rip movement. I don't know. There's a million different things he must assess and guesstimate at all of them. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Paco's knows. Paco's knows. What other takeaways did you have from Pipe, mate? I mean, uh, you and I both picked John John to win pretty much convincingly. Uh, I thought there was a, a major leap from a lot of guys who sort of probably watched him all winter and just thought this guy's on another planet. But Seth, for example, like all those and, – and the rookies, as you said as well, mate, like you picked that, that they were going to go mad and they did not disappoint. No, I know. I know. Even the – I've – you know, like Callum had a really crack, good crack at it. Um, really upsetting for Liam O'Brien. I feel so sorry for him. Mm. That was devastating, you know. Um, I, I think, you know, if he's going to do it, it's, he, I'm glad he got it out of the way, his injury, <laughs> you know, and I hope that he just comes back. He'll come back, you know, so strong. He'll be determined, you know. He got to the – he, he ca- caught the carrot and then it kind of fell out of his hands, I suppose you'd say, right then. So it's really – that's devastating for him, but he'll be back. Yeah, he will be, mate. And, um, oh, oh, yeah, far out. What can you do? It's just one of those free things. I mean – going to have them in your career everyone should have like you know everyone's had them even like kelly with his was his uh les frank whatever he did he broke that foot remember in jay bay on the roundhouse mm. yes like everyone has those terrible injuries it takes you for a long time if anyone knows you know who knows Parkos knows Parkos knows Let's talk about Sunset, mate, because it's a wave that you absolutely love and uh, you're a champion there, 2009. Um, did you win one or a couple? Uh, mate, I've got three. Whoa, three Sunset wins. Sorry, mate, didn't do my research. No, you're right. Five finals, three wins. Yep. Um, yeah, I remember when we when we did the podcast with um, Kong up on the sunny coast and uh, one of the few sort of uh, – 
sensible things that came out of his mouth that night was his talk about sunset. And he was like saying, you know, it's it's a wave that you've got to love to do well out there. I think that's why he put Kelly's sort of lack of results out there over the years just down to a, a simple sort of lack of relationship with the joint. Um, give us your sort of take on, on what makes that wave so special. Uh, I just think it's just, a, it's a, you know, it's kind of a deep ocean peaks. It's all over the place. It's never, realistically, it's never too much in the same spot. It can move around so much. It's a big playing field. So a lot of it is, you know, trying to get in position and, see where you know and try and um try and get in the right position and, and then try and see as you get every wave you cut over you try to look out to see what lumps are coming so you know if they're coming from the north or the west or wherever they're coming from um and try i guess get in that right position to to get one get one with enough wall but maybe not too much wall that allows you to get up and down and get you know get a good couple of turns in um and then I guess you just got to manage your speed. So it's such a fast wave. Mm. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of the time you're bumping off the bottom, just trying to bite. Oh, well, you know, I guess guys now, John, John, and that just do it easy. But well, I felt always like I was bumping along the bottom, just going rail, you know, bite, bite, and trying to get up so you can get your turn in. Because um, a lot of it, you just, you know, you're either bumping in the air or you, you just can't go laying it over. It's one of those, it, I mean, probably changed but it didn't definitely didn't feel like a high performance wave now those guys that feels like they're surfing are like a high performance wave almost now yeah john john in particular uh no surprise he's won the last two triple crown sunset uh sections in that digital thing but um i mean he is really ripping into it like he's attacking it right from the bottom right up to the top and right back down to the bottom again and then jack robbo he just i mean just you're saying like there's six different breaks really at sunset. They can come from the west, the north. That changes the entire feel of every single wave that, that comes in. You know, the west peak is so different to anything that comes from the north where it almost runs like a point. And then, you know, Robbo's able to just find these almost like Kira-like sections on those ones. It's bizarre. Well, it definitely, I mean, you know, it definitely barrels. Like we all know it barrels. You can get a slotted pit out there. Um, and we've all seen guys get crazy pits out there. And and that I think that one still at sunset is probably the the highest scoring part of the wave at sunset is a you know, if you get lucky and get into one of those big barrels, you're laughing. Um I remember like just like committing to the outside and then getting a score and then racing to the, the inside bowl to try and back that score up with a you know, with a nice barrel and one turn, you know, if you've got a seven and then you maybe jump on the inside and get another seven or a, or a low six or something and you know, build your score and go from there. Yeah. Um, mate, you picked Jack Robbo to win um, last time we spoke. Uh, is are you sticking with that? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think John John would be – and Jack, for me, I think Jack's, Jack's unbelievable out there. Um, I think all that WA um, – the waves he surfs around to the southwest have so many similarities to that. So I reckon he'll be – I'd hope to think he was a, at least a Sammy Dor final, but, you know, anything can happen. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Paco's knows. Paco's knows. 
what about dark horses, mate? Do you reckon the rookies will... I mean, we all know they're going to charge. We, that's That's been pretty clearly established. But they're big bodies, and they're guys who kind of surfed a lot of these sunset-ish waves on the Challenger Series. I mean... Not not in the same ballpark in terms of scale, but definitely the same sort of surf where it's sort of steep, fat, roll through barrel section, and the and the big bodies of the on the rookies really went well in in Portugal and uh, waves like that. Yeah, no, for sure, I think so too. You know, another dark horse I'm going to throw in there if he surfs smart heats would be Ethan Ewing. He's a beast, like the size of him and his strength and paddle. You know, he's not he's not a grom anymore. You know, he's a he's a big man now. So I think um, I think he'd be really good out there. He's got a really good uh, sunset kind of carve on him. I think he'd be great. Yeah, he dropped. I think he dropped a seven point something one turn wave at sunset, which is unheard of. Wow, there you go. That's like old sunny days. That's what sunny rivers do. Just do the biggest turn you've ever seen and you'd be like, wow, no one's on tell that all day. Right. Well, that's... They just don't know where to do or where to go. They have to go high range. Yeah, yeah. I think, Ethan, that's such a good call for a dark horse, man. And then what about wild cards? Like there's talk Mace might get a start. I know Billy Kemper's kind of in there. Wild cards have good form at sunset too. Billy... Billy, so good there too. That that would be, I couldn't imagine, you know, like, uh, I don't know where he'd be seated in it, but if you're like, I don't know, maybe an Italo, that top two or three, where you end up with a Billy Camper in your head, I'd be, that would make me very nervous. Mm. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Paco's knows. Paco's knows. And what about the goat, mate? Well, you know, can he make it? A, he's, I don't think he's ever done. He's never done any well there. Oh, he's done my final, I think, you know, and stuff. But he's never claimed a trophy there. I don't think so, mate. I'm not going to say anything about him. I didn't think he'd be that good at. Um, <laughs> if he he must be hungry again. Fifty this week. Why not? Give, throw him in there. Give him a win at sunset as well. And drop the mic in away. <laughs> he might. Well, I don't. I just can't see him. I can't see him throwing the mic down while there's G-Land chopes and a possible full circle moment at Trestles at the end of the year if he's in that top five because that's his first professional win ever, was it, you know, in uh, Kelly Slater and Black and White there? Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, for sure. I, You're right. They're, I don't think people, you know what, no, there's, there's probably a couple of guys that could match him and beat him at G-Land. I. He, he, if it was Tabarua, if it was back to Fiji, I'd just give him the trophy almost, you know, that kind of tube riding. As long as he's, he's on, he's on. Mm. You know, there's, he, that's right. He could have a couple of wins through the year. Mm. Big time, mate. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Parkos knows. Parkos knows. Just before I let you go, the, the women at sunset are, a big boil over, kind of, not really with Moana winning. Everyone knew she was going to be a hot favourite because she spent more time at Pipeline than anyone. But world number one isn't even on tour. I mean, how is the uh, the alpha predators and the rookies going to respond to that when they hit sunset? Oh, yeah. I'd, um, yeah, it depends on the conditions for them. You know, I hope they get some really good, you know, solid six to eight foot sunset or so, they, you know, they're not surfing sunset point. Um, you know, hopefully there's enough swell through that waiting period. 
um, or even, you know, hopefully it pumps. You know, hopefully it's like a pipe contest where it just was pumping the whole time. Mm. And but um, I reckon the girls will be unreal. Girls, they go good out there. They were incredible at pipe. I can't see why they all wouldn't. They'll go out there and charge sunset. Oh, yeah, big time. And I think it's a, it's a wave where... I don't know, mate. I, I just see Carissa on such ins, an insane roll, uh, even though we didn't see the best of her in the outpipe final. She's just in the most incredible career form, and she's a beast at sunset. She really is attacking it. Yep. She is. She'll be, she definitely be the the pick for sure to win that. Um, for a dark horse, I, I couldn't imagine. I reckon that... Uh, Coco Ho would be just with it's a one that you need a lot of knowledge and experience, and I reckon Mike out there probably teaching and like you know telling her where and what to do. I reckon she could definitely go through the through to the end of the draw. Yeah, let's hope our picks are a little better than our our little dig at the goat before pipe. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, he, I, I was talking to Dingo about it this morning, and we were saying how incredible he hasn't won at all. He hasn't won an event for almost ten years. He's had a lot of losses and early losses. And it kind of would take its toll mm. to, to be still that frothing to win the event when you're up against all young guys after having, you know, what was his last win there? 14, maybe 13 mm. was his last win? Yep, it's a long So it's like maybe seven or eight years, nine years, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I know. It blows my mind. It blows my mind that he did that 10 years before even I was on and then he's still going now. It's mad. It's mad. It's been the best start of the year. How good is pro surfing? It is. It was so good. That, mate, it, it revived so many old Bibles that we're only watching. We're starting to maybe not watch as much. Even now they're all focused and they'll be really ready to watch this one. Was there any part of you that wanted to pull on a rashy? Any part of you when you saw that old fossil get out there and win? <laughs> mate, I don't even ride three fins. I'm not going to put on a rashy. <laughs> Oh, thanks for your insights, mate. Uh, really great to talk to you. And, um, yeah, let's hope so. Good luck with the porno. We'll, we'll, we'll probably mate. eat our words again. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right. Talk All soon. Right.